0: Jacqueline
1: what is that? <laughs> who wants to do the intro this week? Because this is our intro—is me asking you, and you being like, "Uh, duh, Jacqueline." Who does it every week?
0: Yeah, guys, it's always me. It's always Donna introducing <laughs> the podcast, being like, "Hey, welcome to Donna and Jacqueline Take Adulting," a podcast name that I can never actually remember if the- that is the name of our podcast and. Uh, It's not because it's the take adulting part. It's the, I can't remember whose name is in which order, but I think
1: it's alphabetical. It is alphabetical. You you always get it right, even though you're like, (laughs) I don't know if this is right. And, uh, you know,
0: I don't know if this is right. should actually be the name of our podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God.
0: Anyway, so if you guys also don't know if this is right, (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. This
1: is Ta-da. <laughs> this is not wrong. Not wrong. Oh my god. Um yeah, so this is not right. Um I speaking of this is not right, actually, I have a thing that I can share that I'm like, I don't think that this is right. Um, we were we went to Paul's Christmas party last night. It was good. We had a good time, but there was, okay, actually this t- rewind back several weeks ago. We're listening to the radio, and the radio is like, are you looking for the perfect way to celebrate the holidays with your office team? We do these charcuterie boards. And I'm just like, I remember being appalled listening to the radio, being like, okay, we're post-pandemic-ish, but like it's COVID's still around. There's a really, really Bad respiratory infection that isn't COVID going around. Why do we think charcuterie boards are a good idea? And like, I want to eat cured meat all day long. I don't want communal cured meat with people from an office right now. There was one at the party last night. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh I mentioned that I got a new job. And- yeah. When I was transitioning to my new job, I would be a client of my previous company. So I wound up at the client celebration Christmas party (laughs) for clients while I was still working at my other company. So they're like, hey, uh, who do you actually work for? I'm like, well, technically this one. But as of tomorrow, I don't work here anymore. (laughs) And there was a charcuterie board. And uh, there are food stations where people put food into bowls or plates and gave it to you. But then there was just this like charcuterie board and it's all of these tongs and all of these knives and all of these things that you can just like cram into <laughs> these hunks of cheese and meat on a table. And then you take it away and eat it with your hands and there's no sanitary stations. There's no nothing.
1: I'm I'm upset by this. Why is like I have we learned nothing? I like this is kind of embarrassing. I ate a pile of raw meat
0: because there was like a a tenderloin station and they had undercooked it. So they're like, oh, do you want this like really super rare meat? And I was like, yes, I would absolutely love this super rare meat that no one else wants to eat.
1: Okay. It was kind of, like, rare tenderloin isn't that bad, but you described it as raw. Was it really? What?
0: It was like, it was kind of like a, it was just undercooked, like, seared on the outside, raw on the inside, like, blue rare. Okay.
1: All right. That's normal-ish. Like, cold (laughs) on the inside. Yeah. All right. I mean, that, the context is a lot better than... (laughs) I ate a pile of raw meat.
0: I I eat, uh, I like how we're just seeking into this. (laughs) Whenever I go to Edmonton, I wind up Uh, eating
1: a lot of raw meat. Again, context matters. (laughs) Because I, Edmonton,
0: for anybody from Calgary who shits on Edmonton all the time, Edmonton has a great food scene. And so, Usually every restaurant has a great steak tartare, which is just raw meat and egg.
1: Right. Okay. See, when you tell me that it's steak tartare, it doesn't sound the same as I just eat a pile of raw meat whenever I go to Edmonton, because it sounds like you might be scavenging around in back alleys. I don't know. Oh, if you're scavenging a back alley in Edmonton, you're going to get stabbed. (laughs) (laughs) Oof.
0: like Edmonton is sketchy and uh, they do have a great Italian food scene as well. And their Carpaccio is second to none. All right. Uh, I, I, so I no longer get to go to Edmonton frequently, but I love the Edmonton food scene so much. Like
1: I, okay. Yeah. You're not the only person who has told me this, like um, t- two of our good, good friends. I don't want to say their name even though we like reference names on the podcast all the time I just feel like it's too incriminating to be like these two people go to Edmonton because <laughs> I've almost said their names <laughs> because one of them the head office is there anyway um I'm always told by both of them that Edmonton is so good and that I need to go like there's some hot pot place that they go to yeah
0: the the food in edmonton is amazing the only thing i will say about edmonton is their sushi is not great and their barbecue is not great which is kind of odd because you'd think a place that's surrounded by that much beef would have good barbecue but no there's better barbecue in calgary
1: all right well but like i mean that's a small sampling of all the types of cuisine that i could eat in edmonton so like i'm not super sad about it i'll go eat other things there and be happy
0: Yeah, and so this was a discussion we were having with Maria last weekend or the weekend before when we went out for dinner.
1: Shout out to uh, Maria who listens to this podcast.
0: Yeah, word to your Maria. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we were talking about the days. Yeah, we were reminiscing about how 2020 was the great year of people who you had never talked to about your butt situation being like you should get a bidet because of the great toilet paper shortage of the pandemic when I go to Edmonton uh, (laughs) I stay at the coast and the coast has bidets in every room for some reason and that's wonderful I find it very disturbing, because usually as soon as I get to the hotel, I need to pee, and I go to pee, and it's a hot toilet seat, and (laughs) (laughs) I, I
1: find a hot toilet seat very upsetting. I don't think I'm bothered by that. I mean, okay, it depends on why it's hot. So, like, if, if I know that it's been warmed up electronically, I don't care. But if I'm, you know, taking on somebody else's somebody else's ass body heat, I'm a little bit less happy
0: about it. And that's, that's how I feel about it. There's a Chuck Palahniuk book, and I think it's, it's either Survivor or Choke, but I think it's Survivor, where he describes his apartment as, like, a warm toilet seat, like, just... It's a place where people transit through and you know like somebody probably died in the apartment the day before you moved in. That's right. how I feel about a warm toilet seat.
1: <laughs> Something <laughs> died in that toilet bowl the the day the moment before you got there. <laughs> yeah,
0: like I am just taking on some ghost
1: ass heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um <laughs> ghost ass heat that's mm. yes mm. um on the subject of bidets though like i want one so much but paul is not as into it as i am i you know what going to japan was a magical experience because all of the toilets a they are bidets b they sing to you. Many of them sing to you. The one in our hotel didn't. But like every once in a while I'd be in a public washroom and you have the option to play music while you're taking a dump because it, it's to drown out the sound. It's... it's the Japanese are our people. Right? Oh my goodness. It's... Yeah, no, it was a great time. And I'm like, I need one of these toilets. I don't care if it sings, but I want like the water feature.
0: Okay, so... Here's another fun fact about the bidets, specifically Mm -hmm. in the Coast Hotel in Edmonton off Jasper. (laughs) (laughs) They all, and I thought it was me initially,
1: because I was like, what did you have for lunch? But they all kind of smell like cumin. Okay. I know what you said, but I'm just going to like clarify. Cumin with E, (laughs) And I'm just going to keep smelling it. Like the not seed human. That's the... No, they the also said like... it. It almost sounded like human. And in case, in case somebody's listening to this, I just wanted to clarify that it was human, and not like taco human. seasoning. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. I wonder why that is. That is weird. Because yes, at that point, you do question, why do why what did I eat.
0: Yeah, and so this has happened. I've stayed in that hotel probably like 10 plus times, and every time there's a weird scent to the various bidets.
1: That's weird. I there must be like a like a scented freshener that they're like off-gassing, but like why is it? Candy? And they're like,
0: but yeah, like you want your ass to smell like tacos. People wash their asses so they don't smell like
1: tacos. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> or is this just one
0: of those things that i don't know about like you know how sometimes they do surveys of men and they're like the scent men find most attractive is
1: pumpkin pie is that real i don't <laughs> i'm not making that up okay well if it is real i will look this up once i'm like doing the show notes because i feel like referencing said article in the show notes is something but like pumpkin pie eh?
0: yeah i feel like it was pumpkin pie
1: i'm gonna have to google it fuck it i need to i hate yeah that this can you google be this google. right now yeah yeah i'm doing it um <laughs> i so what do i search since men do men pies? find
0: pumpkin pies attractive
1: i don't know Okay, so I I typed in do men find and it wants to autofill in pregnant women attractive, me attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Who's searching that? (laughs) Are males disappearing? Do guys find backs attractive? What do guys secretly find attractive? Do guys like defined collarbones? Do guys care about body? Do guys look cool like cool girl? (laughs) What are these searches?
0: i mean i guess like pumpkin pie scent just search pumpkin pie scent
1: i think actually i might survey of scents men find attractive of scents men find this is gonna be terrible i'm so afraid (laughs) i am
0: so sorry i'm so sorry what's gonna happen to your instagram
1: it's not instagram it's google Men are most attracted to floral scents, apparently. Experts reveal the most seductive fragrances men like smelling on a woman. This is the DailyMail.co.uk. While women find woody aromas appealing. Um, The scents most likely to get you laid for men and women. These 20 scents are scientifically proven to turn men on. Scents that surprisingly make women more attractive to men. Okay. You know what? I'm going to add pumpkin pie. <laughs> <into the laughs> so that same search with pumpkin pie at the end. Oh, I feel, oh I Donna, feel- Donna, you're on it. You were correct. Okay. It's, it's from a website called your tango.com. So like God knows if this is real, but it says, according to the real science of sex appeal, if you're a lady looking to get lucky with a man, you need to smell like pumpkin pie. Author Alan Hirsch had thirty-one. Thirty-one men is not a lot of men for a sample size. Thank you. Uh, smell forty-six different scents and then measured their increase in penile flow. Pumpkin pie was the winner by increasing their blood flow by forty percent. <laughs>
0: what? Okay. Hey, I'm glad I knew that somehow that I didn't totally make that up because that would. If I made that up, that'd actually be more upsetting. Uh, I know about the website Your Tango because I once looked up Yola Tango, the band, and I wound up on Your Tango.
1: What is your... I didn't click on it. It just gave me... You know how Google gives those brief summaries? I didn't want to yeah. click into it. What is this it's website like, like?
0: It's like one of those things about how to have better sex. Like, Oh, like, okay. Yeah.
1: So, cosmopolitan, not, but for, for the, the internet.
0: Yeah, it's not the band yola tango
1: right because there are some letters <laughs> that are different
0: <laughs> uh, you know while we're doing this so oh, right. i ranted about this on friday because we had a skype yes. call with
1: maria second um, shout out bitch <laughs> uh
0: what i wanted to rant about this podcast is bra yes. sizing mm-hmm. So a couple weeks ago, Jacqueline and I were shopping for her Christmas party dress. And then wait a second.
1: I just looked down at my phone and I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I can't not. One of the fucking articles that Google pulled up is aroused by pie. (laughs) That's what it says. Aroused by pie. And I just needed you to know this. It's on some fucking type pad blog blog.typepad.com aroused by pie. Okay, I'm turning the Google off. You should tell your story now. Well, actually, no. The funny
0: thing is, this is about circumference, which is you know multiplied by pi.
1: Well, it it was talking about pies and pie, like pumpkin pie, because I had searched that. But yes, this is this is a relevant segue. Multitudes of pie. It was spelled P-I-E. So it wasn't circumference pie, but like, I'm sure that there are some men out there who get their dicks hard for circumference pie. Thumbs up. (laughs) Anyway,
0: please tell me about bras. (laughs) So Jacqueline just said the most stunning thing about geometry I've heard in a while. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay. So we went bra shopping. And it was very frustrating for both of us, even though I was just like taking bras and handing them to Jacqueline. But uh, (laughs) I recently had to buy a whole bunch of new bras because I lost a a marginal amount of weight over COVID. And then I was like, oh, wow, like I'm super flopping around. And (laughs) I went to... Topia, which is a store in Calgary. Last time I got fitted for a bra, I was a teenager. I was either at Sears or the Bay. God <laughs> And I went into a small room with an old lady with a measuring tape and she measured me and she's like, you're a 36d. but how you get measured is you add four inches. So for most of my life, I've been wearing a 40B and I was always like, wow, bras suck. Like they don't do shit. (laughs) And so I go into Bratopia to get remeasured and she's like, yeah, girl, you're a 34E and you buy an actual bra that's the same number as I just measured because this plus four sizing method is something that they used to do in the 1950s when bras weren't made of elastic. They're made of like satin or wires or whatever. So you used to add four because there was no stretch.
1: Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Cause bras as we know it have span like there's elasticity in them woven into the fabric. Yeah. And so
0: now I've bought a bunch of 34 E's and it sounds like I have huge boobs, but I don't because it's literally just like circumference of your ribcage times the circumference, not even the times, like you have some circum- circumference of your ribcage, then the circumference of your boobs. So as a 34, like an E is not a large cup. If I was like 38 E, yeah, I would be spilling out of everything, but it like the cups change. With the size of your ribcage, and it makes no sense.
1: It doesn't, especially because it feels like popular culture, especially in the 90s, taught us like double D is the stay. Like, that's what you want to aspire to, is double D's, baby. So, like, we always had misogynistic <laughs> standards in our heads, but, like, the cup size was the unchangeable factor.
0: Yeah, and so this lives rent-free in my head. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Jessica Simpson's father manager saying she's got double D's and they're all natural baby <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. 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 I knew that that happened because you've probably told me it a thousand times because it lives rent right free in your head but I have forgotten now I'm sad that I remember this mm-hmm. I'm Sorry,
0: I'm sorry that I remembered this and brought it to
1: all of you. God. <laughs> Her father manager. Blech. Yeah, anyway though, bras are stupid.
0: Yes. Well, I like them. <laughs> so, the thing that's <laughs> even more crazy, the thing that's crazier than bras is buying bodysuits.
1: I've, n- I've never done that. Tell me more.
0: Okay, so I bought a couple bodysuits. Mm-hmm. because uh they sounded great they're like an all in one solution they 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 suck in the parts you don't want to not be out and they push out the parts that should be out okay but many of them are cup sized so oh. you're like but i'm like i'm i'm a big old pair so if i buy a 34e it's going to think that i'm not a chunk monster from the rib cage down, right? And so I did. And the other thing is, like, I don't actually know where you're supposed to wear them. So I wore two bodysuits when we were in LA when we went to our concerts, and one I wore downstairs because we stayed in the ACE and we saw Echo and the Bunnyman in the hotel, so it was fine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then. I was unable to snap it back up after going to the
1: bathroom and just tucked it in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was my next question, actually, is, like, are there snaps so that you can, like, easily defecate?
0: (laughs) Yes, there are snaps, but they are hard to deal with.
1: They're crotch snaps. Yeah. Okay, all right. I just needed to, like, I needed... A full picture of like what I'm dealing with. Because I was like. So do like How do you. How? How? Like it was just a big question that I needed answered. And so that's good to know. And also terrible that you couldn't get the crotch snaps. Snapped again.
0: (laughs) And I I wore another bodysuit the next day to the killers. Uh huh. And I had to pee. And there was such a big lineup. I just pulled it to the side. And I was like this is unhygienic.
1: Yeah, that uh, see, and that's okay. Uh, that that was the thing. If there were no snaps, I was like, "Do you just pull it to the side?" And yes, that answers so, my question.
0: So I, uh, because I was buying a whole bunch of new underwear anyway, I signed up for a subscription box in Canada called Aurelia, which I like. I still get it actually. Like, I get a, a box a month, and I get like pajamas and bras and whatever. Uh, but they keep sending me bodysuits and I kind of sent a nasty gram back this last month because they are like hey what do you like and I was like you sent me a bodysuit that has a thong and that has no cup support and it has no snap to the crotch and I I specified I did not want any of those three things
1: (laughs) yeah that's shitty dude I guess that was all they had that month to send out well
0: the they, they're actually, so I've done a couple of different, like I, during the pandemic, I was bored and I did subscription boxes. So I did there. like the makeup subscription boxes. And then I was like, oh, wow, do you know what? You can't use an eyeshadow palette in a year, let alone a month. And then I did Empress Mimi, which is a lingerie subscription box that is garbage quality, wireless lingerie that makes you flop like, they're all like oh it's adjustable and it's like great and i'm like is it and they also fucked me around and i had to like take them to task and finally told them i was going to refund through paypal until they finally sent me my actual shit that i specifically ordered oh jesus so like empress mimi is kind of garbage okay
1: good to know uh
0: adore me I did but every once in a while I get charged customs and I'd be like Mm -hmm. I just you said I wouldn't be charged customs and so then this Aurelia is out of Toronto and they actually have good brand partners like Gossard uh Playful Promises Kinga which is this really awesome Polish brand that I love the hell out of because they do four-piece bra cups which uh Very few brands do.
1: I don't think I even know what a four-piece bra cup is. It
0: has two seams. Okay, cool. It hoists like a sail. (laughs) 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 Nice. Okay, so apparently this morning I'm just like, let's keep talking about bras. We can talk about literally anything else. (laughs) Uh, I I will I will throw a shout out for Aurelia. They have great brand partners and they have actual real products. I don't get paid shit by them for doing this. I am actually just throwing out like a hola for them because if they keep getting more stuff then I get better
1: bras. Nice. Um, I mean hashtag not sponsored. We're not sponsored by anything. (laughs) So like Hashtag not sponsored. I feel like I've also gone on rants before where it's just important to specify we aren't sponsored. These are things that we genuinely love. Um, Also, hashtag, do you want to sponsor us? (laughs) No one is listening, that has any clout. Um, I I have a story that I have been holding on to since um, the summer and was like this will be a good podcast story uh i've told it to donna already but she often forgets the stories i tell her oh i know the story i know okay all right but it's important it's i i'm gonna tell it anyway because it kind of it keys into we're talking about fashion in the way of underwear and bras (laughs) and now let's talk about fashion in the form of a dress okay so In the summer, I, Paul and I, were at the mall. There's this furniture store that will remain unnamed because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to slander them. But like, if you're in Calgary, you know, if you know, you know, and you'll probably put it together by the details that I'm giving. So we went to this big ass furniture store. We were killing time because Paul and I were there because we had to get our tires changed on the car, and so it's a Wednesday afternoon. I'm in a mustard-colored maxi dress, and we walk into this furniture store, and we're immediately greeted by all of the staff that is huddled up at the front. It's in a Sears. It's in a former Sears, and so they're right, they've, they've blocked off all other entrances. So they force speed you through this one entrance. So like they have to interact with you. So it's fine, whatever. You can't enter from the mall. You have to go around through the through the parking lot entrance. So they're like, oh, hello, hello, hello. And then like five of them are like, oh my God, I love your dress. And I'm I'm usually immaculately dressed. And so I'm very used to being told <laughs> this. So like it's not it's not a surprise to be told that like somebody likes my dress. So I'm like, ah, thank you. (laughs) I'm really good at dressing myself anyway. So we keep walking through the store. (laughs) Then we're, we're further down in the store and somebody else comes out and is like, I love your dress. We're like, wow, this keeps happening. A whoa. Um, again, thank you. I know how to dress myself. So we continue. And All of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, I have to pee. (laughs) So we go over to these bathrooms that are actually in the area that's like there's Sears used to have salons, right? And so it's like the salon area. You can see where all the sinks used to be and shit. And then there's just one bathroom and it's a unisex bathroom. So I go first. Paul also has to go. Um, I go in and the entire wall is filled with quotes. And so as I'm peeing, <laughs> as you're wont to do when you are in a bathroom that has a bunch of shit on the wall, you start reading. And at first... Okay, wait, no. Don't say <laughs> shit on the wall of the bathroom. <laughs> it's too A bunch of writing on the wall. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair, 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 fair. Um, it starts out, I think there was like... Oh, I read a girl boss quote some sort of fucking stupid girl boss quote and I was like okay whatever that's fine and then there was like a Winston Churchill co- quote. And a quote and then there was a bible quote and then there was a bible quote and then there was a bible quote and so like <laughs> it just like progressed into shit about Jesus and I was like this was unexpected are they girl bossing too close to the sun and so I <laughs> wash my hands and then I'm like hey Paul are you gonna use that bathroom he's like yes yes I am and I was like okay good tell me what you think so he's gone and unfortunately he's gone forever and so I'm trying to like make myself look inconspicuous like I'm legitimately looking at furniture and like just sad and wandering being like when will my husband stop pooping and so finally, he comes out and I'm like, please tell me about those quotes. And he also, thank you. Um, he, Paul got me water. He and he also, like stopped
0: talking about me pooping. <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think he even heard. He's got headphones on. No, he doesn't have headphones on. <laughs> I talked about you pooping. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he gave the thumbs up anyway okay so Paul is like it started out okay with these quotes because that's what your eyes we figured out that's what your eyes go to you don't realize it's Jesus-y until like you're three quotes deep <laughs> because he read it in the same sequence that I did so that was fun and then we continue our walk around the store. And we get to the end and we're exiting. <laughs> and just we're leaving. There's this little office on the side of the entrance, and this woman, this old uh, she's older than the rest of the staff, um, comes out and she like stops us and she's super intense. and she's like, "Have you guys been helped?" And I immediately recognize her because I have seen ads on the internet for this particular store and she's, she's one of the owners, and she's very prominently featured in these ads. And sometimes they're on a couch in a field with their family. And sometimes they're, they're in, in the store and just being super intense. So like, I immediately know who I'm talking to. And she's, she's like, oh my goodness, I love your dress. <laughs> and she goes, you guys look so familiar. And we're like, ah! Uh, and I'm almost like, you look familiar, but I've seen your ads. But I don't say that. She's like, do you go to church? <laughs> and I'm stunned. And I'm like, I want a fawn, so I I nearly say no, but I'm very super spiritual. <laughs> Instead, I'm like, no. She's like, do you mean that? That's not a church dress no lady it's fucking four o'clock on a wednesday afternoon it is not a church dress and so paul is behind me completely fucking frozen and useless and and usually i rely on him on these situations but he's just like jesus christ i hope that jacqueline's got this because i do not and so she's like i feel like this is the one time he
0: did not invoke the christ
1: that's fair. But she yeah, I guess he, yeah, he didn't. <laughs> but she's like, oh, well, you just seem to have that church glow. we like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. And then we left and we were so confused. Yes, that that like church glow, we're a white assumingly heterosexual married couple church glow. so
0: i know exactly what this company is because i've also encountered them but i encountered them several years ago when they were in another abandoned sears
1: <laughs> that is their,
0: their go-to <laughs> and they had a cardboard cutout of them and their more than three less than 10 amount of children
1: yes (laughs) and those children just ran feral through the store they now all work for the store okay yeah they're part of the people that were like we love your dress they were feral at the time i encountered them
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i also i'm just like so does this company actually pay rent because they seem to just move into abandoned Sears and then leave them
1: interesting uh,
0: and my other thought because I've, I've i've heard the story a couple times now because i i now remember <laughs> it so i hope you're happy I, uh, I'm
1: i'm impressed you did not remember it the first time
0: <laughs> uh so that particular Sears used to be a two level Sears. The upper floor used to have a ladies bathroom that had a couch that had been there since before you and I were born, I'm pretty sure. So it had like just a room with a couch in it. And then you'd walk into the bathroom.
1: Fascinating. <laughs> that's weird. I mean, that's from the design of like those department stores. That doesn't surprise me. That seems like a thing that they have for some fucking weird reason, like why well i'm guessing
0: it was supposed to be like a nursing room or like a ladies hanging out at sears doing sears things (laughs)
1: yes
0: (laughs) like didn't sears used to be kind of a, a thing like people would go to because you'd be like oh we're going to sears like let's make a day of it
1: i assume so i assume that was kind of like with any department store and considering I'm going to out where this place is. Shit. Considering that particular um, mall was one of the first malls in Calgary.
0: Oh, the mall that time forgot.
1: Yeah. The mall that time forgot that's connected to this uh, Sears, this old Sears is one of the first malls in Calgary because like my father, I think it was dad that told me this was talking about how like they used to come from Bicycle and go to that mall
0: interesting see so your dad came from northern Alberta my dad came from southern BC so he'd be like oh Chinook Mall used to be Calgary like there sense. was no Calgary until you crossed Glenmore and then you went to whatever Chinook Mall used to be
1: right huh interesting well which I think
0: it it had a Sears
1: that would not surprise me it hasn't had a Sears for a long ass time no but I bought
0: sheets at that sears when it was closing
1: because oh, i hate really? sears
0: i hated sure. sears so much like every time i've shopped at sears it's just been awful and then they were going out of business and i danced <laughs> on their grave
1: <laughs> i remember spending hours upon hours at the sears in marlborough mall with my mom as a child. Just her looking at everything. And it would be, it was like an entire day. We'd do all of them all. Like we'd have a doctor's appointment. We'd spend a shit ton of time in Woolworths. And then we ended the day in Sears because it was closest to the train station. And that's where dad would pick us up Woolco. Yes. Not Wool- Woolworths, Woolco. Yes.
0: I remember the Woolco.
1: Hells yeah. Pre Walmart. It's now a Walmart. Uh, but yeah, I remember being like, really attached to the idea of the Wolko for some reason as a child because when Walmart took it over I was deeply upset I was like this makes sense because they both have a W st- st- start with their name but it, it upset me on like a, a way more than it should have as a child nothing about a, it changed
0: was there a Kmart in that mall
1: no 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 I spent so much time in that mall as a child, um, and no, there was not a Kmart. The Kmart was over at, um, you know, there's that Safeway, and it's a Goodwill now. Um, it's right by the Mr. Schnapps. We're talking about a bunch of Calgary landmarks that no one listening gives a shit about. Oh, but you know that Mr. Oh, Schnapps? Yeah, over there, yeah. that Goodwill, is used to be the Kmart. Oh...
0: I used to You're welcome. Get, that was the only Save On Foods so that you could get grocery pickup for a period in the pandemic.
1: Are you think? Are we thinking of the same place because it's a safe way it's, over there? It's a Save On Foods now. It's like Sixteenth oh, really? Avenue yeah.
0: and Fifty
1: okay, Second. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Holy shit! By the Mr. Schnapps, where we used to go when uh, we lived in the the Flying Dutchman when we lived in Marlboro.
1: And we used to get hammered and do karaoke there. Yes, good old yeah. Mister Schnauz. Yes, that's the one. The Kmart was over there. Um, yeah, think about that. What the fuck? There's so much things that have changed since we were children. Um, I remember being in that Sears though that I'm talking about, and they had dishwashers that had like windows in them so you could see the dishes being washed and for some reason we're waiting for dad to pick us up and there's a fucking thunderstorm and it's pissing rain outside and we're over by the side entrance and you can see the rain falling and i just remember staring at this dishwasher and like watching it clean the dishes or the demo dishes and it was like what was happening outside was inside this like microcosm of this dishwasher, and the little child Jacqueline is disassociating, staring into this dishwasher, waiting for her father to pick us up. I don't know why that's a core memory, but it really is.
0: I always find it funny when there's just these memories of things that seem totally mundane, but you're like, yep, this is my memory of the Sears. Right? And so for me, yeah. Other one. Mm-hmm. My, my memory of the Sears is the bathroom that the couch outside the bathroom
1: that's fascinating i also have like weird memories of like the bay downtown <clears throat> and like yeah yeah because every once in a while my mother would take me downtown it was like a big deal instead of going to the marlboro mall that was close to our house we got to go downtown and i think it was because she was going for um pregnancy appointments there's an actual word for those but she was pregnant we had to go downtown. yes we had to go downtown for those appointments and so we'd end up at the bay and they had like a fucking kick-ass toy department and like i just i remember going up the escalators and i think it was on the third it was on the fourth floor the third floor i think was like where the vhs cassette tapes lived (laughs) but fourth floor was where the toys were
0: yeah and then like the fifth floor was no the basement was where all the the clearance and where stuff
1: was but there was a food court down there
0: yeah so this is a fun donna fact Uh, i figure skated a lot as a kid and i think i might have told this story in the podcast so i really apologize if you guys have i don't
1: remember you talking about figure skating so please so i I didn't
0: do it competitively or anything but like every saturday morning my dad would take me and my sister down to olympic plaza and we would go figure skating and uh he would hang out with the zamboni driver because city of calgary had a zamboni driver for olympic plaza his name was ray (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and then on like certain special days we'd then walk over to the big amd sound that was in the old bank of montreal building and this was back when record stores mattered and on the sixth floor was where they had all the opera stuff so like on special days we'd go up to the sixth floor at AMB sound and dad would listen to opera and we would listen to opera on the headphones that everybody shared which is super gross now that you think about it <laughs> and he'd buy a cd or a tape or whatever but it was like a super special day when we got to go to a sound
1: that's awesome
0: and and like then we would go and run errands and usually wind up at Canadian tire. So after figure skating, we'd either go to A and B sound or we would go into the car and watch or listen to uh the vinyl cafe.
1: Nice. nice. Yes.
0: Yeah. we we were super we like, were the C B C family. Like we were the most you
1: really cool. were our <laughs> like honestly, my Deep appreciation from the C CB- for the CBC comes from osmosis from the, your family, because <laughs> <Like, laughs> my dad was like, "The CBC is stupid. Turn the channel." And uh, like, I would listen to Radio Two, CBC Radio Two, because I was listening to Saturday afternoon at the Opera, but yeah no i didn't like really really appreciate the cbc until spending a lot of time with your family
0: yeah because i was a cbc radio one like stuart mclean which is vinyl cafe uh quirks and quarks which used to be on like saturday afternoon i think 12 or one o'clock mountain standard time Mm -hmm. and i still like i have a a visceral reaction to the phrase, the beginning of the long dash. (laughs) I see. (laughs) And so for those of you, all, none of you outside of this country, uh, every morning on CBC Radio One in Calgary at 11 o'clock, so you could set your watch there, they'd have this I don't know it's like came from the satellites and it's like the beginning of the long dash is exactly 11 o'clock and I think this is a thing that is countrywide I just don't know if it's always 11 but it's always like the beginning of the long dash
1: I'm not sure um you're the only one who knows about this this is the first time that I think we've talked about the beginning of the long dash like I don't I got nothing I need you to. So, what does that mean? Is it a phrase? What it? Wh-
0: I, yeah, it's like a phrase, like the beginning of the long dash, because it'd be like do 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 do, and then okay. you could set your watch.
1: Oh, I understand now. I did not understand before. Damn. Okay. <laughs> and so every day, at eleven. Yeah. All right. I I can dig it. I guess that would be the only station that would do that. Hey. Because yeah. I don't think that it I ever encountered it. And we were obviously not listening to CBC Radio 1. I was o- occasionally listening to Radio 2. But dad hated the CBC with a passion. With like an arbitrary hate. I think it's because it came from the East. And Ontario. Because he kind of has that weird Albertans against Ontario vibe going on. For no reason. It's arbitrary. It's arbitrary as shit. Yeah. Like I, you-
0: I'm I'm a Westerner.
1: Yes. Yeah, obviously. I,
0: like I, I'm from Calgary. I'm a Westerner. I understand the frustration a lot of people have with Ottawa and uh, especially things like resource extraction, having mm-hmm. come up in that industry where I'm on the, like I've always been an environmental and regulatory person. So I'm not the person who's like, yeah let's just go out there and get it and not do anything in compensation right I understand also like I understand feeling kind of alienated because I sometimes feel and I think Will Ferguson might have pointed this out in one of his books it's like Calgary sometimes feels like a place that you stop in until you move to Vancouver
1: oh interesting
0: and Like, you and I are probably one of the, like, we're close to 40. We're probably that first generation where a lot of us are born and raised here. And up until the time that we came up, like, this was a very transient
1: Hmm.
0: city and a transient province where people came because they needed a job.
1: Right.
0: People didn't, like, either you made lives in ranching, you made lives outside of the city but we are probably like the first generation of city people who have truly been in the city and are city folk
1: yeah okay yeah yes I could see that um what I am saying though is my dad's hate on for the CBC is just arbitrary (laughs) like it's the CBC has nothing to do with any sort of frustration with Ottawa. It's mostly it's just coming out of Ontario, fuck the CBC. Like it's that's that's as deep as this goes. Oh I I I did a much deeper dive than it was. Yep. (laughs) I mean and like obviously because he was around for the Pierre Trudeau bullshit. Like he He definitely has feelings that are probably left over from that. But at the same time, dad just arbitrarily hates shit. So like, it ain't that deep.
0: So like, so this is the other thing, like the national energy program, everybody gets all up in arms about it, but I'm like, it never really went anywhere. Right. And even now, like, I work with people who will call the Petro Canada buildings, Red Square oh my god yeah
1: wild And
0: uh, i i don't know i i work in resource extraction i always have i probably most of my career will be in some form in that in that area i get frustrated by people who work in industries that benefit from resource extraction like finance um largely finance because people who work in tertiary industries don't typically have voices. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so this is something I'm dealing with right now and something that I've, I've dealt with largely throughout my career, which is we as people our age, people who understand that we need resources, like there's no such thing as just building a car out of a windmill. there's renewable power, but then there's also um, the actual materials needed for energy transition. And either we can steward it as educated people in developed countries, or we can take it from developing countries where there may not be the same checks and balances in place.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And it, it is something I struggle with and something I think about a lot because especially when we think about climate change and uh, emissions. And I brought this up the other day, not to you, to to you. I was talking to a, a, a friend at work. Uh, I think about that scene in
1: Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> it always goes back to Fight Club.
0: I Well, yeah, that scene in Fight Club. And I actually think I probably have brought this this scene up on the podcast in the past where Brad Pitt is uh, sitting next to Ed Norton's bed because Ed Norton got knocked out or something, something happened to Ed Norton. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about hunting deer at the base, the Sears Tower, and growing your own food and doing all of this subsistence stuff. And I'm like, is that actually what we as a, a generation are being asked to do?
1: Explain that more. I don't understand the question that you're asking. Like right.
0: You... So, in terms of meeting our climate obligations and turning around, uh, turning around the mess we've been left in. Right. What do we have to give up? Do we have to give up um, things like like phones, like this type of communication? Like, do we have to give up the type of electronic communication and luxury that we have now built ourselves? Like, I'm happy to give up fast fashion. Right. But like, how, like what else? And I'd actually be very interested in seeing like a cumulative effects uh, analysis of this is what else do we have to give up? Because what else do we have to stop taking out of the ground in -hmm. order to fix where we are? Right. And again, like, I don't, I'm an environmentalist. I love the earth. I like being alive I really like my nibblings and I hope that they live long and happy lives
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just really start to wonder about the cumulative effects and uh when we make commitments we are likely the generation that's going to have to bear those commitments like we're the ones we're going to have to make them come into force
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what are what are we going to give up
1: Right. Um, I have a very bleak answer to that. And then I, I don't think we give up anything. I think that we just keep going full. I think the trajectory is full speed ahead. Like, I don't think we're going to try to fix things because nobody wants to give up anything.
0: I think we'll continue to uh I don't like the term virtue signal because I think it's something that's been co-opted by a contingent of people that I don't want to deal with Right. I do think that the West is going to continue to offload and yep. will kind of say not in my backyard and mm-hmm. will not take responsibility for what we actually consume
1: yep I think that that's accurate.
0: And I, I don't know. I did not expect to go down this path. I just wanted to talk yeah. to bras.
1: I blame you. <laughs> you brought us here. <laughs> you brought. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The grim one. I mean, normally I'm like, would you like to hear about childhood trauma? Yes, so- I would, Jacqueline.
0: Please, like, make it specific trauma instead of just large emotional.
1: Damn generational
0: it. and uh, <laughs> country
1: trauma. I probably have a story that I can tell you about childhood trauma. <laughs> Would you like to hear it? Because, <laughs> okay, here's the thing about what you're saying right now is all I can get, all I have the brain power for today about this very deeply nuanced and important conversation. And I think, like, it's a theme that has reoccurred in what we talk about and will come up again and again today I feel like my answer to you is like I don't think that you and I have the answers oh I do not have it's the answer oh so great and big and I don't know that I have the capacity for the nuance that that takes right now if that makes sense that does
0: I feel like I um i feel like i actually stepped off a plank and i'm like plunging towards the ocean i'm like i don't want to i don't want to
1: okay let's uh let's uh backpedal a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i do um i did have a fucking story and it was connected to anxiety let me like get my bearings what was i going to talk about shit no i can't remember Um, That's too bad. I did have like an anxiety related story that I wanted to share, but it is gone. And that's okay. It'll come back. Okay, actually. Mm -hmm.
0: So I had to meet with my financial advisor this week. Yes. And it's because I've always had group RSPs. And I just left my old company. And I was like, I need you to take this check. And I need you to also accept like the shares I have in my old company because they pay dividends and I'd like to keep them. Yes. And he's like, we should meet and we should talk about your plan. Uh-huh. And then he's like, so what do you think you want to do when you retire? And I'm like, oh, I expect the world to be on fire and to be dead by
1: then. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's just an anxiety response. I mean... But also, going back to the conversation (laughs) that we flipped away from, I don't know, maybe it's also an understandable response. I I hate this. I don't like talking.
0: I don't. Okay, like I'm reasonably financially literate. I do not like talking about it.
1: That's fair. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably less financially literate than you are. And I hate it. I hate it. I like, and I I feel like I think we've talked about taxes equals jail before. Right. Like, I think it goes back to that concept of like, for some reason I just associate anything money related with I'm doing something deeply wrong. And the, the feds are coming for me yeah
0: <laughs> I, which is w- like where I, does that
1: where does that come from
0: <laughs> mine is just uh i don't know i feel like they're gonna come for me and be like you're irresponsible you haven't saved and i'm like i do save i save money like a normal person like i i have a group rsp it's just goes into I don't do anything um but and I know like I know actually where this anxiety comes from and it is a guy that mutual friends of ours recommended to us
1: yes I know this guy
0: yeah and he'd always be like oh you guys are doing it wrong oh you need to invest in life insurance oh look at this house I just bought or no he like he was one of those people would be like I just bought this thing And he'd tell you how much he spent on it. And he'd be like, yeah, I can afford this. And it's like, you are so gauche.
1: Well, and like one time he was at a party that the rest, like, I don't know why our lovely, lovely friends love the shit out of this man. And maybe it's just because he hits all the narcissist boxes and like our lovely friends, much like us, have just been conditioned to like tangle with narcissists in that fawn response way but like that motherfucker at a party once was like look at me on my private helicopter ride and then he like had pictures of some girl he was seeing like scantily clad he's like oh (laughs) you're not supposed to see that photo (laughs) yeah no shit she let you take that photo in private fuck nut anyway i hate that guy
0: yeah no he just he makes my skin crawl and the thing is is like I think he still has one of my life insurance policies
1: yeah, yeah i think he does because he never sent it back to you i
0: don't know he could be dead okay no, I don't
1: really no. okay so no he's not and the reason i know he's not dead is because tiktok has this thing where it wants you to sync your contacts so that it can tell you who in who who in your contacts is also on TikTok? And no thanks, TikTok. I don't want to do this. But now they're telling you when somebody else syncs their contacts and you're in it. So they're like, "Hey, this person is is on TikTok. You're in their phone. Would you like to follow them?" And um, I'd rather eat my own face. Right. But I'm in his contacts on his phone. Because it recommended that I follow him recently, and I was like, "This motherfucker doesn't need to know that I run What's in My Bath," <laughs> because then he'll be like, oh, "Are you making social media money? Do you want to? Do you want to come back?" <laughs> Fuck that guy. Ugh. He's alive, is yeah. what I'm saying. Because he's, I know that he synced his fucking contacts to TikTok.
0: I mean, I guess that's nice for him. I mean.
1: We shouldn't with wish death upon people. So
0: Oh, I wasn't wishing. I was just like, I literally don't know because I have not talked to this person and there's been a pandemic.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And also, ugh, why would you want to talk to this person? Yep. This has Get been a weird sucks. episode, eh? I <laughs> and it it ain't over, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're we're doing all right. I'm doing all right I really wish that I had a really good story and I cannot remember oh I know what I was gonna talk about I'm a little mad at social media right now and I know that you won't relate to this but I'm like I feel like I'm deeply in mourning about something about social media um back in the day back in the day quote unquote when I first uh what's in my bath first started taking off. So probably 2018, 2019, um, it was like a community and people would talk to me and like, DM me. And like, I talk about some of the harder shit and like trauma related things or whatever perspective stuff. And it just, it felt like a community. It felt like people were like, I was building something and I was excited about it. Um, because of the way the algorithm works, what's in my bath on Instagram doesn't give visibility anymore. And TikTok is very hard to build community the way that it's set up. Um, it's very just your niche is the only types of videos that really hit it off and people don't really interact with you outside of those specifically tailored videos. And so there's no way to really like connect with folks. Uh, the way there is on Instagram. Um, What's happening with my felting stuff is I'm starting to see a tiny glimpse of that same community feeling because people are more willing to reach out as well when you have only about a thousand followers. (laughs) But I've had somebody be like, hey, I just want to like thank you for showing up. And you talked about like the self-worth thing and it really, really helped me with my art. That's this type of stuff that I want to be doing on social media is having those kinds of connections. Um, but it's not happening with what's in my bath anymore. and I'm very sad about it, but <laughs> deeply sad about it. And I'm not, like, I'm, I feel absolutely no push to make content. Like I have Christmas content planned and I'm not making it. And I even got a advent calendar from tiktok and i'm just i can't even unpack that bitch i just don't feel any inspiration it's weird
0: i can see it i guess guess. um i i can see like if you're making content you need feedback and if you're not getting Mm -hmm. feedback then it's like you're just screaming into the void
1: right and it's like You know, I do get feedback on like, oh, yay, this bath bomb. Or like, I get a flood of comments. People being like, do the Jack Skellington bath bomb. And I just purposely don't do it. (laughs) Like, you don't get to tell me what to do. Um, (laughs) You're not my real dad. Yeah, exactly. No, I just like, and honestly, it drives up engagement. So the more that they say that, fuck it, fine. Yell at me that I'm not doing the bath bomb you want me to do I'm not your personal fucking monkey um but like what's also very frustrating is Instagram now has tools that like are not available to me you can have Patreon but on Instagram like you can have people pay like two bucks for like private feed stuff subscription feed stuff but it's not open to every creator and because I don't post consistently anymore. And I'm, they have tanked my views. I'm not even eligible for this program. And my God, if I had been eligible, if this program had existed like two years ago in what's my bat's fucking prime on Instagram, No, maybe three years ago, cause it was 2019 was probably the last good year for Instagram. Um, it would have like, it would have built this community where you're more in touch with like these people who are like showing up to be there. Asking folks to come off of platform to join a Patreon, they have to really, really love you. And I don't even have the ability to make somebody really, really like be excited about what I'm putting out there because I can't, the stuff that is has a variation on like what I can offer gets tanked, especially on TikTok. So people aren't understanding how multifaceted what I do on the internet is, if that makes sense. And so asking somebody to leave the platform to come join me on Patreon is damn near impossible. But like, fuck, I'm so mad that like Instagram won't even give me these tools. I feel really like fucking blocked.
0: You are correct that I don't fully understand uh, but I do understand uh, being good at something and having a niche and then not um, being recognized for it or having platform to make it larger
1: it makes sense. Yes um, I think it's a little bit that like all I can do that's gonna get any traction is just the bath videos like that's but like i'm with instagram at least you can post stories that actually get that used to get views that can allow you to be a little bit more nuanced tiktok has a stories feature now but if i'm not doing bath related things it just doesn't get views like at all so like there is no way Uh, other than going live, which I'm scared of, uh, to really connect with the audience in an organic way that is like deeper than just me reacting to bath bombs. Because if I produced bath bomb content all day, every day, I do really well, is the thing. It's like my bath bomb videos always do extremely well, but I don't want to just be that. And I feel no inspiration for the bath bomb videos right now at all because i can't also show up as a full human being
0: i have no advice because uh i don't understand social media i that's fair i i was talking about this with my partner yesterday Mm -hmm. uh because he was talking to me about Mastodon and how he's moving to Mastodon because, you know, Twitter's gone off the rails. Yeah. And I was like, it kind of sounds like Tor, but for social media, Mm -hmm. you know what? I just text my friends. Fair. And maybe I'm that shoulder generation where my parents got on Facebook and I was like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Uh, Like I, I use Instagram. I use Instagram much more than I used to. Yes. But it's mainly to show people that I'm, yes, like to show people I'm living my best life.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: And show people my
1: cats when they get drugged. I mean, that's also fun. (laughs) 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 It's, I am, as you know, obviously I'm pretty like pro social media in content creation but that's because i've been doing it for so long as well and like i always back in the day you remember i thought that it was the funniest thing in the world to maybe have a cat go viral so that someone somewhere would wear a shirt that had my cat's face on it yep because <laughs> that's so absurd somewhere in the world and you know what i've never really produced any fucking merch and i always it's, I think there's an executive dif- dysfunction thing happening there where I just don't ever do it. But I guess I do have the ability to like make a shirt with Athena's face on it and maybe also a bathtub and sell that shit. What's in my bath? It's my cat. Well, oh, maybe I'm going to do that. There you go. <laughs> but it's, it's, you so- heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's so interesting though, because it's like, I, I really, I started making the content for funsies and my friends were like, please put this on the internet. And then it blew up. And this beautiful, unexpected thing that really kind of kept me doing it more was the community. And I just, I'm so in mourning over the loss of that community because it was so good and so fulfilling. Like it was, there was something very magical and special about, you know, showing up, putting out content, being super authentic, similar to what we do with this podcast, but you know, on in different ways and just connecting with people who struggle in similar ways. And it was just like this acknowledgement that like, we're not alone and there's something just so fill up your cup about that for me and I didn't even ever ever really expect that to be the case but then all of a sudden it was like oh no this is magic and I really miss that magic. <laughs>
0: how how do I respond to that Jacqueline? I don't know. <laughs> I I I think we've come to a natural end of the episode. Yeah we probably which have. is come hang with us and be a community.
1: yes yep although but like that's the other question is like how do you procure that then because with podcasts as well I don't know like is it then is it a discord is it like what does it look like and what is the platform way to connect then right like it's it just feels so fragmented right now and I don't know how to like Again, it's it's hard to ask somebody to like cross platforms.
0: I don't know
1: because I am
0: definitely not the right person. Like I don't even really consider this to be my podcast. I consider this to be a podcast that I participate in that is yours. <laughs> like I I I'm actually very surprised because if I think about myself 10 years ago, I thought I would have been more of a social media user, but I am much more of a, just, I'm going to re like, I'm going to contact people directly because uh, sometimes I feel like I'm screaming into the void when I use social media.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fair.
0: So like, Personally,
1: yeah. Thank you for letting me participate in your podcast. (laughs) You're welcome, I guess. I don't know. I do think of this as like both of our podcasts because like there is, as I have, as you know, many different content streams and this particular one, I think it's necessary to have both of us. And there is something that like the both of us bring to the table and the way that we play off of each other is like, there's a magic there. And like, I don't think that there would be a podcast without you. I,
0: I think it's because I do so less than you do. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, uh, I can't listen to this. Like every once in a while, One of our friends texted me and he he was like, I'm one of those five listeners. I would like to talk to you about the last five minutes of the last podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, you'll have to enlighten me because I cannot listen to this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's always kind of been there for you. Like it was, I feel like throughout our body of collaborative work, Sometimes you have not been able to revisit shit like the B-H-U-E very comfortably.
0: Yeah, I can do it now. Or even like I told people about Butterman. But yes. sometimes I'm very much about uh, the creation happens in the moment. And I can't revisit the moment.
1: That's fascinating. That's fascinating. I'm thinking back to like the time that I did Girl bad Guitar and the song Dear Lou Reed and it was like yeah. don't tell, like i was just like don't tell donna about this because she'll be like sometimes our insanity should stay in the house stay in the house i am in my house sometimes our insanity should stay in the house
0: <laughs> i'd always Fair. think of my mother just saying you prey on each other's weirdness
1: she's not wrong and again i think that's why this podcast works <laughs> because yes we do and did very much so in our 20s yeah yes
0: so i always do the intro you get to do
1: the outro yes you are correct um that's there is a formula even though we pretend in a very obvious pretend way that there isn't a formula who would like to do the outro this week Jacqueline? <laughs> um, <Jacqueline. laughs> so uh you should maybe visit donnajacklinpodcast.com. It's still as of this moment it's not back together. I might be applying for some contract um, marketing coordination so I might have to get all of my shit in a row just in case somebody somebody starts stalking me. I have a hair in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> I have to, ah. All right, there we go. It was a dog part. Um, <laughs> uh, so like I might end up fixing Donna Jack and Podcast.com pretty soon here. It's where the show notes live slash will live. So if there's shit that we mentioned, like these articles that we found on your tango about pumpkin pie being the sexiest smell for the males. Of the humans, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, uh, I'll links to that show notes once I get my shit together. Uh, it's the reason it's not up right now is because we got hacked and I lost everything and I have to just rebuild it and that's it's been beyond me for a while. So, but Donna Jacqueline Podcast if you wanna look at some shit that we did. Related to this podcast, <laughs> I'm also going to plug other things. Fuck it. Um, if you want me to make you something out of felt, that's probably like a video game character because I don't do pets. Go to idthefelting.com That's right. I make shit. I want to make money. Commission me or buy buy one of the Pokemon that I have on my website. ididthelting.com. Donna Jackson Podcast.com. Okay, bye.